Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When you have kids, you can be very conscious of not letting them see you fall apart. And while we all know it's okay for kids to see you cry, having a sobbing mess for a parent every second day is not helpful for anyone. But life happens. Parents get knocked down and we have to get back up again. Pip Lincoln knows this better than most. After a period of challenging life events, Pip decided to keep track of what was helping her get through all the mess, all the heartache and the loss. Her book is called When Life is Not Peachy, Real Life Lessons in Recovery from Heartache, Loss and Tough Times. Now, Pip is a writer at Babyology, but we have her on the show because she's brilliant, not because she's one of us. Hi, Pip. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm very well, thank you. You went through quite a few challenging life events over a period of time. When did you feel ready to write a book that would help other people? Because sometimes revisiting that stuff can be really triggering, can't it? Yeah, and what happened to me was I think that I just felt really, it sounds terribly bleak, but I felt really hopeless and I needed some positive ritual in my life, something that I could sort of grab onto and think, no, this this is for something. There's a reason for all this. So I started writing about what was happening because I thought perhaps I could turn it into a book and when someone else is feeling hopeless or overwhelmed or like terrible thing after terrible thing was piling up, that they could look at this book and open it to any page and find something helpful. So that's what I did. Yes, because it's, it's super practical. There's lots of examples of things to do and no judgment at all. There's a lot of heart in the book. Like it feels like you're really speaking one-on-one to whoever's reading the book. Was that quite therapeutic for you as well, to know that your words would reach someone that way? Definitely, definitely. And it was cathartic because it would be pretty hard for me to have written a memoir about you know, the various things that had happened. But this was another way of writing a semi-memoir, I suppose, about the things that I felt and struggled with, which are kind of things that lots of other people may have struggled with. It might be, you know, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, not being able to sleep, you know, not being able to juggle parenting and and what was going on. So I guess... um, The fact that I could write a practical guide was incredibly therapeutic, yes. When those things happen and they just, you know, hit you out of left field sometimes, uh, you can feel really lost. You can feel like all the things that made sense of your life are gone. How do you start to make sense of your life again when you're in that kind of vortex of confusion? Yeah, I suppose I should give some context. And what happened to me was, you know, I'd had a really difficult relationship for a very long time and it ended, you know, a few very close people to me died. I had health issues, like everything was piling on. So the straw that broke the camel's back, I suppose, was when my relationship broke up and ended after 23 years and I was just absolutely ankleless. Like, and it wasn't that it had been so such a valuable, precious relationship because at the end it was just pretty horrible. Mm. Um, but but I had a, a sort of ritual around living with my ex-partner and, you know, I just knew how the days would go. And once he had left, 
I didn't really know how the days went anymore. I didn't know what to do on the days that I was not working. I didn't know how to fill the gaps in my day, I suppose, because they'd been so filled with, I suppose it's dealing with the difficulties of, of the relationship. So I really had to start from the ground up and it was, yeah, it felt difficult, impossible, lonely, but then also it felt full of opportunity and promise and I guess the idea that I could start new routines and and bring new things into my life. But it definitely did take a while to get to the positive bit. I I should be clear on that. (laughs) Now, your tough times happened when you had dependent children. Were you worried about keeping it together for them? I think I tried to hold it together for my kids for a long time. And then I realised that it wasn't doing anyone any favours, you know, trying to pretend things were fine. It didn't serve anybody. So in the end, I guess I had to be honest with myself and honest with my kids and also, I guess, trust them to be able to, I suppose, intuit what was going on anyway. So I guess in the end, being truthful to a degree without exposing them to too much of the ins and outs of what was actually happening was the best thing for everyone and then we could sort of start from an honest place and and move forward together and of course they you know definitely having their own issues with the stress in the house and their own stress so I guess uh, recognizing it made it okay for everyone to deal with what was going on with them. And what I find interesting about that is as you mentioned you said to a degree I am a fairly emotional human being and I, <laughs> I, I can't quite imagine being able to show a little bit but not everything because when you're falling apart, it's so all-consuming, isn't it? Even though you say you stopped pretending, was it still hard to find that balance between just allowing yourself to feel and express your emotions and then not to put too much out in front of your children? Look, definitely. And I think, you know, I did spend many a night under the doona crying my <laughs> eyes out because sometimes when, you, when you're processing difficulty or trauma, like, it has to come out at some point. You cannot keep a lid on it. So, you know, I, I got fairly good at kind of storing it away until I could kind of, I guess, tuck myself away and have those big sobs or, you know, have a long hot bath and have a sob or get in the shower and have a sob. It's amazing how much I can cry, I tell you what. Like, but sometimes that would happen in front of my kids as well. And I remember one particular day, you know, I was driving one of my kids to his weekend job and I just started crying for absolutely no reason in the car. And um, he sort of was like, mm, what is happening? And so I sort of drove him all the way to work, kind of with my head a little bit tilted away so he couldn't see that I was crying. And, uh, you know, after that experience, I was like, I think I need some professional. The following Monday, I went to the doctor and I got a referral to see a psychologist and that was the best thing that I could have done. You talk about the physicality of heartbreak in this book, which we don't often discuss. Why is it important to acknowledge those physical symptoms of emotional pain? Look, I think that when we're not in it, we forget how all-consuming the pain of heartbreak or grief or even trauma can be. And it does kind of manifest 
in all kinds of physical ways. And sometimes I think we forget also that, you know, we might want to pin those um, symptoms on something else. We might be like, oh, I think I'm coming down with something or... And, you know, often it's just, a, I suppose, um, a signal that your body is dealing with all the awful things that are going on in your brain. So, you know, like I think that awful feeling of pressing and pressure in your heart and, you know, aches and pains and not being able to go to sleep or, you know, being hot or being cold or not being able to eat, like all of these things are part of that grief or trauma or loss response. So um, I think that we really need to talk about that stuff more so that people can kind of think, okay, I'm feeling that because this terrible thing's happening in my life. So what can I do to sort of feel better rather than going off, you know, down a different pathway, which is perhaps a bit of a red herring. Speaking of finding ways to feel a bit better, you have several suggestions for home-based self-care. What's your favourite one? Oh, it's so hard to pick a favourite. Um, <laughs> if you don't have children, my favourite one is sleep. But <laughs> if you do have children, I think spending time writing about what's happening to you is so, so, so valuable. And by writing, I don't mean that you have to write a beautiful artistic journal. I think just getting up in the morning and writing down you know, whatever's top of mind about what you're going through is really restorative and therapeutic. So that would be my number one um, suggestion for people that are having a hard time. And you don't have to revisit what you've written. Just sort of getting all of that stuff out of your head can often reduce feelings of sadness or anxiety or panic or whatever you might be going through. And finally, how are you doing now, Pip? I'm doing so great. Like, I suppose, how many years? I've lost count now, so that's always good. Maybe three years down the track now. The first two years were just horrible. And this last year has been so much better. I've been really, I don't know, just more at peace with myself. I've worked out who I am in this new life that I've got. I'm kind of pursuing my own interests, I'm studying, and uh, my kids are all in a really good place too. So, you know, I'm full of hope for the future and I certainly couldn't have imagined I'd be in this spot, you know, a couple of years ago. So it's all onward. You do you do get through this horribleness, even, even if it changes you. I think they're not necessarily bad changes. I think they're often changes for the better. Pip, thank you so much for your time today. I've loved it. Thank you, Siobhan. That's Pip Lincoln. She's a babyology writer and author of When Life is Not Peachy, real-life lessons in recovery from heartache, loss and tough times. And we'll put links to where you can get a copy of the book in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.